This is me, Chris Field, part of your average family. Got a dad, a brother, and a sister. This is Parker, we found him, and Alex, he found us. Oh, yeah, about our show. It moves because we travel all over the Cineplex. See, we host this podcast, and I edit it. Okay, so we're not that average. And between you and me, something amazing happened, and uh, now I can talk to animals. It's really cool, but totally secret. And uh, you guys know what? Life's never been the same. So I was able to understand what Cecil was saying throughout this entire picture. Thank God somebody was. Yeah. Uh, it turns out he's... Couldn't really put any subtitles on this line? Are you kidding me? Well, luckily I studied so uh, I'm able to do this. So. Uh, yeah, we watched a movie called Beast. Wish we hadn't, but we did. Hey guys. So uh, at <laughs> In least three months when this is streaming somewhere, you guys are going to thank us. Yeah, this, oh, yeah that's, sure. that's exactly when so, yeah, this episode's going to hit. Yeah, when you hear yeah, this. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's going to be timely. All right, before we get into that, Parker, do we have any news? Uh, two number ones in the world. First of all, congratulations to every fucking normie who watched the new Game of Thrones. Thanks for nothing. Things will never get better. It's entirely your fault for rewarding it. Biggest old debut ever. Good job, guys. Hope you enjoy five more of these. You fucking morons. Oh, this is the worst ending ever. Everyone hates the show. Oh, I guess I'll watch it every week now. Absolutely. Sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> I will not. So, anyway, uh, in Star Wars 10. <sighs> you know, it's different, actually. It's One's yep. about family. Yeah. And one's about dragons, except the dragons never show up. But the other number one, speaking of dragons, the number one movie in the country, folks. We <laughs> did it. <laughs> the fact that it made double what Beast made is so fucking funny to me. <laughs> What an incredible opening. <laughs> Boys, Shonen Anime's back. The preferred anime of non-sex criminals. Never left, buddy. Never left. We did it. Oh, great. Right, see, see, still some good people out there. Next it. week's episode, literally any of the other ones of these. Hell yeah, dude. Uh. <laughs> can we, can we just do one. the episode where Goku learns how to drive? It's the only one I want to talk oh, about. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. That'll right. come up. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Alright, uh, for uh, Jerks of the Week, let's get into all that. Oh fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I just beat Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem, which is an adaptation of, I guess, basically everything H.P. Lovecraft ever wrote. And I find myself in this weird sort of limbo where I don't like H.P. Lovecraft's writing at all, but I tend to really like adaptations of his work in both film and in this video game here. And it's weird because I feel like the opposite way about Edgar Allan Poe. Like, I like Poe's writing. I've always liked Poe's writing. But every single time I see an adaptation of his work, it's, like, really shitty. So it, it just feels weird. Anyway, that's... Why is this going Sorry. Anyway, my jerk of the week is uh, Silicon Knights, who programmed Eternal Darkness because they didn't put a cat in the game. Uh, who are your jerks of the week? <laughs> I knew it was going to be about the cat somehow. I, it had, come on. <laughs> we can't say Lovecraft without it. Big week for cat teams on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Chris or er, Parker, that wasn't a bear. Like not a cat team. Yeah, I'm this so is sorry. different. Yeah. Um. So I have a hero of the week this week. I can right. tell you about a uh, a fine gentleman I met earlier who has completely solved life. Uh. So I've been you know wandering around trying to check out the uh the local bars to see if there's a place that's you know worth wasting my money. Um. Decided to check out the local Irish pub. 
at which I was sitting next to a guy who, I don't know, he was probably, like, in his mid-60s or so. But from what I could tell, his job was door dashing food, but only on foot in between the other bars in this area. And then when he didn't have an order, just sitting at the bar and drinking. And oh that's one God. of the greatest grifts I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he comes in, he checks on the status of the order, he lets the bartender know who it's for, and then he orders a beer in two shots and just sits down and starts watching this fucking game show on TV. Oh my God. This man has life solved. Like, it does get better after all. Is, is it really Absolute that hero. simple? Is Evidently. Really? <laughs> I don't know how small you can make the DoorDash delivery radius. I guess, like, if you tell them you don't have a car, they're not going to give you that much of a, you know, a, a radius or anything. But, uh, yeah, he left twice to bring food to somebody that was less than five minutes away and then came back and drank more. <laughs> Absolute legend. That just warmed my heart in ways I never thought possible. Yeah, right? Turns <laughs> um, out capitalism works. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> as proven by the success of Dragon Ball Super: Colon yes. Superhero. Yes. Uh, so I got to the theater on time for once, instead of just purposely skipping all the trailers. So I saw every trailer, every fucking one. No matter if it was a rom com, horror, action, no matter what, every single trailer by the time it was over, I knew what the movie was. This is fucking insanity. Like even some dog shit George Clooney romantic comedy. I'm like, oh, that's all the beats, and then they get back together. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks. Single that one, too. one. Yeah. I mean, granted, we will be making Chris watch Smile, but that's a different story. You know, in your heart, that last scare is like, oh, that's probably the best scene in the movie. Good job. Way to burn it here. Absolutely vile. So, uh, I'll be showing up 20 minutes late again, as per usual, because goddamn. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rough. Well, let's uh, talk about something a little bit less rough. Uh, let's talk about what we watched recently. So I've been watching more and more of the horror movies. Why? Because uh, I gotta beat you. I gotta, You're up by like a hundred. You can watch things you like. I know, but I gotta, I gotta beat you, or else I don't know. Yeah, Parker's just been sitting on a huge stash of them, you know, with all that free time he has. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's just waved a log like three hundred at once, man. You, yeah. you're, uh... Oh my god, that'd be such a good bit. No, yeah, <laughs> just I, I'm like at nine hundred ninety nine, just. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> well, every once in a while, every once in a great while, you get an okay one. Uh, one of the ones was, uh, I think, the last really good movie that Alfred Hitchcock ever made, which is called Frenzy. And uh, that was released in 1972, actually. So he, the Hayes Code is gone, and he's making it in Britain, so he could basically do whatever he wants here. And he goes all out, and it's... It actually kind of works that way. And there's a lot of humor in there that Hitchcock is really good at and most other directors couldn't do. Which is weird because he looks like this staid kind of guy. Anyway, I, I was thinking of this other thing I saw. It's an episode of uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents or the Alfred Hitchcock Hour. He had this like TV show for a little bit. Uh, where he, I, I don't even think he directed or wrote anything, but he would just he was like the presenter or something. Anyway, it was, uh, it was a good episode, but I kept thinking about the whole time that he comes out onto a hockey rink and stands in front of a goal. <laughs> whoever was right. Well, the rinks were smaller back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's all I can think of for that. Uh, two movies here also released in 1972. Uh, it's weird for me to consider myself a huge, huge Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan, and yet I've never seen the movie that was the direct inspiration for the visual basis of the show. It was called Silent Running. This was directed by Douglas Trumbull, who did the special effects for 2001 Space Odyssey, and it stars Bruce Dern, 
whose daughter was in Jurassic World 3. So, as I'm watching this, I... Yeah, we watched that. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Uh, as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, let's see what this is going to be, because no one really talks about this, and I was just kind of curious uh, as to whether it would be good. Imagine my shock when I ended up loving it. Maybe it's a contrast with, like, all the fucking horror stuff that I've been watching, and, like, finally a movie that looks good. But it's also a movie that's about something, and it's not about the environment. The basic idea is, uh, much like a Mystery Science Theater 2000, there's some hairy guy up out in space wearing a jumpsuit, and he's got some robots to help him out, and uh, the difference is there's three other guys over there, too. And they're just floating around in the universe, and they have the last remaining uh, ecological plant life uh, enclosure in the world. Down on Earth, there's nothing. It's all concrete parking lots, as far as anyone is concerned. And everyone else on that uh, satellite is like, oh, we can't wait to get back to Earth, the sort of like Dark Star mentality. And he's like, no, don't you understand? We have a mission in life to cultivate this nature and to preserve it. It's extremely important. This movie is not about just saving the environment. Like, that's part of it, but it's more about preservation. You're preserving something that matters. And he has this really impassioned speech in the first act, and it sounds great. I'm so happy that they put it at the beginning of the movie rather than the end. And, uh,. I actually kind of love it. Anyway, uh, down on Earth, things are utopic in that sort of like like old sci-fi novel way of utopia. Like, uh, oh, everyone has a job and it's always 75 degrees, but there's like no personal choice. There's no sense of adventure or anything. I was like, wow, this is really interesting. This is this is great. I, I want to see where it goes. And I'm not going to give away anything after that, but uh, I, I really like the way that the story progressed. So Silent Running, great movie. I do recommend this. Alright, so uh, remember when I watched Hairspray and I was like, wow, I should check out the local boys' movies. Uh, John Waters. Uh, <laughs> now here's the thing, John Waters is, uh, I guess, a hero to independent cinema because he did like all this really low budget stuff. And apparently, I think the story of how he actually got started in movies is he was going to the movie theaters, right? And he was loving what he was seeing. Apparently he was seeing a lot of William Castle movies with all the gimmicks. And he goes up to the theater owner and says, like, how do you guys decide what movies get played at which theater and when? And the guy's like, oh, we have this slot for this, this slot for this, uh, at, at 7 p.m. this, 9 p.m. this, etc. And Waters asks him, what do you have playing at midnight? And the guy's like, we don't have anything playing at midnight. No one wants to watch a movie at midnight. And Waters like, ah, about that. I have a number of friends who I will put in a movie, and then I'll put the movie on the screen, and they will come here. And the guy's like, well, I get paid. And he's like, yeah, and that's all it takes. And thus he made movies like Pink Flamingos. Uh, Pink Flamingos is one of the most well-known independent movies of all time. Have either one of you seen this? No. Keep it that way. This <laughs> fucking movie. Alright, so this is like well-known as... Uh, what is it well-known for? Uh, a lot of stuff. Mostly the fact that Divine, the transvestite... Uh, what, what is the word of... Uh, drag queen, I guess, is the preferred term for uh, what Divine did. Uh, this is the movie where Divine literally eats dog shit. So, uh, you got Go that birds. going for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, some other stuff happens that is... You think, like, oh, that's pretty gross. And I would say, yeah. Uh, it does... I think, like, the worst part about it is it kind of takes some of the edge off of uh, of Jackass. Like, I've always thought of Jackass as the great spectacle. Like, I'm never going to see that again. And well, then I did, you know. Pink Flamingos, 1972. They invented that maneuver. But, uh... So, I don't like it. There's a bunch of other stuff that's just about as disgusting, and stuff that's, like, 
I, I think John Waters should probably feel a little bit bad for. And uh, there is some stuff that I think he does feel a little bit bad for. But uh, I'm kind of happy a movie like this exists because I think it was made to shock. And a lot of people say, oh, you just said that just to shock people. I think that's a good thing. I think people need that. And I think this is a good thing to, like, you know, scare people, especially in the 1970s who desperately needed it out of their senses. So uh, Pink Flamingos. Check that one off the list. Not not the horror Wait, list. That's on the horror list? No, it wasn't on the horror list. It okay, was on like right. it was on like fourteen other lists, which I is mean like honestly it was plausible. Yeah, it was plausible. But... Yeah. Uh something else that should have been on the list. Okay, so remember when I talked about the Exorcist, I and I watched it in like a seven hundred megabyte Avi file, and I thought it was so overrated, this movie fucking sucks or whatever, that I went to see it at the Alamo in a different cut. And I was like, Oh wait, this is a masterpiece. What what have I been missing this whole time? Well I tried it with another movie that when I watched it in an eight hundred megabyte file I was like, oh, this is so boring. But little did I know, Apocalypse Now fucking rules. I am so happy I got to see this at the Alamo. So, before I go any further, Alex, I'm pretty sure you've seen this. Uh, Parker, have you seen Apocalypse Now? No, that's the one I want to see at a theater. Not oh, yeah. On I, would. Five, <laughs> I, I did as well a few years ago. Oh, so, yeah. Like, I, we're on the same page. Yeah. But, okay, so the thing... That is, was my first viewing, so... Oh, interesting. Uh, do yeah. you know uh, which cut it was? Because there's three different cuts now fucking long one. Oh, well, that could be anything. <laughs> yeah, that so, one couldn't be. I will actually, not be watching I, that yeah. one. So, here's the thing about the cuts, because this is actually really important. There, There is a certain one that I highly recommend to Parker to seek out, and uh, one of them, avoid at all costs. The other one would be like, oh, well, there's a strategy for watching it. The first is the theatrical cut. That is the one you should watch. That one is only two and a half hours. Cool. I know that sounds like a, a long one, Trust me on this one, that's the preferred version, all right? Because uh, I saw the other two, and now I'm thinking, boy, I want that one now. But when I was in college, I was just like, oh, geez, that's a, that's a lot, you know, two and a half hours. I should go with the Redux cut, because Redux is like reduction, so it'll be shorter. No, no, no. The Redux version is three and a half hours. Oh. So that's the extra 100 megabytes on my laptop at the time. And I watched that one, and uh, can you imagine I was bored? Here's the problem with the Redux version. The Redux version adds in this French plantation scene that I swear lasts for 49 minutes. And it is interminable. Like, like I love Apocalypse now, it, now that I've seen it on the theater. Like, I think it's one of the great works of art. I'll get into more about why I like it in a bit. But, like, I, I'm watching it. I'm like, what the fuck? This is great. This is one of the best movies I have ever seen easily what did I not like about this? And as soon as it gets to the French plantation seat, I stood up and I went, and I went to the bathroom. And I chilled in there. I, I was, like, looking at my phone. And I came back, it was still fucking going. I watched a version called The Final Cut, which uh, takes 20 minutes out of that scene, and it's still too long. The, the effect, it's kind of like a visual brick wall. It's like, what if you're watching a great but long movie like Goodfellas, and then all of a sudden they have a 45-minute tap-dancing sequence? It's it totally ruins the entire pacing of the movie. It's like, what the hell? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? So, after the movie, I watched a, a documentary called Hearts of Darkness, A Filmmaker's Apocalypse. And uh, it was made by Coppola's wife about like how they made the movie and stuff like that. Which is a good documentary. I would recommend checking it out. And he has a good explainer for why that French plantation scene is in the movie. He said that it's supposed to be almost like a ghost story. It's like he's hallucinating this stuff. It's like these people might as well not even exist. I think, okay, that's one explanation for why you'd include it. And I like your explanation, but it does not work. It is very, very poor storytelling. 
I say to uh, a guy who's won multiple Oscars for Best Director and did The Godfather and stuff. Anyway, uh, he also did Jack, so I can shit on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the I think the real reason that he included that scene is because he has two of his sons in that scene and they're reciting French poetry and they're doing a really bad job. He was just like, ah, oh, put it to the kids in the movie. So, oh, it turns out his voice isn't actually like that, but <laughs> what, he's going to listen to this? Anyway, uh, for Apocalypse Now, Alex, you said that you're, uh, if I could list off your four favorite war movies, I believe they're Paths of Glory, Thin Red Line, Dunkirk, and 1917. Did I get that right? Uh, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but... Yeah, I think back in the 1917 episode, yeah. you like you listed those three, you're like, yeah, 1917 is just as good as those. Uh, and I don't know why it stuck with me, uh, but uh, yeah... I would not. Might have been before that. That's been. We've brought that up several times. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, but uh, all I know is uh, Saving Private Ryan doesn't quite make the cut. Anyway, uh, it's, it's several tiers below. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about Platoon? So I saw Platoon for the first time, like I don't know, like six years ago, mm-hmm. and like I felt like it was a movie I appreciated but didn't like. But also, I would say at the time that I saw it, I had like a much more limited understanding of, you know, everything that went on in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Like, not that I was, like, you know, oblivious to it, but just, you know, it wasn't something that I'd really, like, sat down and researched and, you know, decided on decided who won on my own, you know? Yeah. I think the only use I have for Platoon is, uh, it was used as a joke in uh, The Naked Gun where they, he's on a date and he walks out of it and they're both laughing hysterically and it's just playing something they were showing Platoon. Uh, I thought that was a little bit funny. <laughs> uh, Apocalypse Now, uh, Martin Sheen does a great performance and everyone gives a great performance including a uh, 14-year-old Larry Fishburne which I can uh, think of uh, I can think of one person that does give a great performance Chris Oh will Oh I can only imagine <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, actually the reason that I don't consider Apocalypse Now on that tier of movies because it's like your role to answer your previous question about which cut I've seen, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about this French plantation. Oh, so, yeah. damn. I yeah. You saw the good version. Don't see the other <laughs> ones. <laughs> Actually, no, never mind. Maybe it was all like a ghostly apparition and only certain oh, people could point. see I, it. I didn't think about I that. I was seeing it with Zach Baggins. I went to so, the shadow yeah, instead. Anyway. Uh, no, I, I get you. So here's the thing. Let's say you cut all that out. They add in other scenes that I thought were just totally fine, but like... I, I would sacrifice those other extra scenes just to get rid of that fucking French plantation scene. So I'm thinking about this. I'm just like, oh, man, if I watch this whole thing and it doesn't have the French plantation scene, I'm about to, like, buy it on fucking Blu-ray, right? Then, like, this will just be the greatest movie ever. And then Marlon Brando comes in. <laughs> and yep. we got to talk about Marlon Brando in this movie because I think it's a real love it or hate it. And uh, obviously, Alex well, what hates there it. Is to love. Yeah, I, that's not true. There's much more to love. There's a there's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say about him. That that's the thing is. Oh, here's a really funny thing is uh, they had to specifically shoot him. They had to get like a stand in for him because not only was he extremely fat, the dude's only five seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason he wouldn't have made it in the league. He didn't have enough... Uh, he couldn't cover the top part of the goal. Part of yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they just kept shooting it over his shoulder while yeah. he shook his fist. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, he's... Uh, the way it's filmed is... If you had seen the French Plantation scene before it, it's so rough because the scenes with him as Colonel Kurtz are so... It, it feels like a really stark contrast to everything else in the movie. Like, as dark as everything is before that, getting to him is 
it's almost like a surreal sort of scene. And after the French plantation scene, you're just like, well, I don't, this feels like a different movie. And it really feels like it it's, it doesn't belong in there. And I feel like without it, maybe I would appreciate it more. So I kind of want to watch the theatrical cut and really get down, is this one of the great works of art that I've ever seen? Because up until that point, I was like, oh, hell yeah, dude. I gotta, like, fucking Apocalypse Now is just one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I think Roger Ebert called it, like, one of the seminal moments in his life as a film critic was seeing that movie. And uh, evidently he did not see the redux. But uh, I, uh, I don't hate the Marlon Brando stuff. Especially because after watching the documentary and seeing what they were going for, I, I come out of it appreciating not Marlon Brando at all, but Francis Ford Coppola, because the way that he was able to deal with a very uncooperative actor and get something that was, uh, to some viewers, usable out of that, I think that's genius filmmaking. And uh, it I think I, I like looking at it from that perspective. Because... Uh, it's really considering everything that he was doing there the whole time. He was being such a fucking dick. <laughs> he was, Chris, that's like that's like saying if the swinging gate worked, it was genius play calling. Not all see the, all the extra effort that went into making this moronic thing function. Like you could just get a normal fucking person, and you don't have to deal with any of that. Well, see, that's the thing is they had a lot of opportunities to get a normal fucking person, but uh, they chose not to. So I don't feel bad for him. I I. Well, considering everything else that was happening to Coppola on that shoot, uh, I do feel bad for him. Apparently, he lost 100 pounds, and watching the documentary, he's like, he could have gone 100 more. You know, he has some extra stuff hanging well, off the sides there. He could have stood in. Like, Brando seemed like he was doing fine over there. Uh, Brando was only on set for a few weeks, so that's why. He was the only one who got that privilege because he's Brando. And uh, <laughs> was uh, Did Coppola lose all that weight because Brando stole his food? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Apparently, he did threaten suicide uh, several times. And you could actually hear him on tape, like threatening to shoot himself repeatedly. Uh, oh, other people have a fucking club, <laughs> Big baby. Go make Jack, dick. <laughs> uh, next week's episode. Oh, I thought anyway. you were talking about uh, Brando. No, no. Oh no, Brando didn't threaten. No, no. So Brando only threatened to shoot himself if he didn't get enough ice cream. Uh, <laughs> I don't think his like arm could reach up to his head to point the gun. <laughs> no, he, he was doing it from a. Uh, oh, come on, someone help me out with this. Oh, the lazy yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like uh, it would it would bounce out. He's like boo. Anyway, uh, did you say boo? <laughs> anyway, now, how much time after watching it did you think about how close you were to George Lucas directing that? And how the world would be right now? Well, I forgot that George Lucas was even involved until I watched the uh, the documentary afterwards, and he's in like half the fucking thing. And his voice sounds identical to like all the, the all the footage that they use on like the uh, the half of the bag reviews or whatever. It's like it just keeps coming back. It, you keep thinking that you're going to hear him say it's it's kind of like poetry. You see, it all rhymes. You know, <laughs> uh, beautiful cinematography. Uh, I really love the way that it looks. I do think that, yeah, the Brando stuff is the worst part, of the, besides the French Plantation, which might as well not even count. Just watch the theatrical. I, I should watch the theatrical cut, and I want to see how the Brando stuff works with it, because I, I can't say that it's good, but I also don't think it's quite as bad as Alex feels, which, I, you know, I could definitely see why you feel that way, but uh, I have to admit, I, I think that I'm a little bit more sympathetic to that than uh, other people who's... Uh, the top letterbox review for this it says it's so wonderful to see brando literally invent acting on this movie i'm like jesus people 
Like I, I've, I've steadfast in my belief that Brando is the most overrated actor of all time. It's not. I don't like. I think overrated doesn't do it justice. I think he's like outright bad, and I think that everybody that likes Brando is. It's like an Emperor's New Clothes thing. Yeah, I. That's basically like, how I feel. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I think to be considered, a lot of people consider him the greatest actor of all time, and I also think outright bad. Like overrated is just the only thing I could come up with here. Um... Oh, I think Robert Duvall's really good in this, for what that's worth. Uh, I like Dennis Hopper in it, too. Um, I think maybe uh, my favorite Brando scenes are the ones where he's not actually in it, where it's just the character. It's just someone else in silhouette. But uh, I have to admit, though, is like the other actors that they were looking for for this role didn't really fit the role as described. Actually, I think the best part Literally. of, like... Well, that, that's... Yeah, they couldn't fit the clothes. <laughs> the costume just couldn't accommodate a change. See, uh, one of the interesting things about the uh, documentary is apparently... And this is this is kind of funny. Uh, Orson Welles' first film uh, project was to do Heart of Darkness, which is the story of Apocalypse Now. And he was going to do it all from, like, POV shot from uh, the main guy. And Kurtz was going to be in there. He was going to be, like, this extremely, like, one, almost skeletal man because he's so whatever... And uh, Wells is going to play that role. My first thought was, you can't really, you're, you're too fat. And apparently he was one of the backup choices in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> it's like, there's no way that he's skinnier than Brando. <laughs> he's just going to get an even fatter guy. <laughs> he's not going to be able to fit in the temple. It's uh, like the two brothers from Evolution last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. he's bigger than both those guys. We that. <laughs> right, yeah. Can you imagine Orson Welles with frosted tips? Yes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, pretty easily. Yeah. yeah. I spent the last five minutes imagining uh, just with a gun to his head screaming, I'm going to blow my fucking brains out. And then George Lucas like, oh, look, I made a little Greedo. Yeah. <laughs> Just not even paying attention. <laughs> I also like the idea, like, some of the other choices there, he, they were like, oh, what if we got Al Pacino to play Kurtz or something like that? And none of it fits because the way that Kurtz is built up, you see pictures of, I think it's a young Marlon Brando, like 1950s era or something like that. And the way that the picture is taken, it looks like he was a real soldier. He looks like he kicked a lot of people's asses. And none of these people, these old guys, really feel like they would fit that mold. It's got to be like some sort of superhuman guy. I feel like maybe David Prowse would be the guy, but he's got a British accent. He can't get past that. Yeah, so. yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think, yeah. I think like Connery could have done this, but the accent's a problem. Right? Yeah, it, it fucks with the movie. Yeah, Connery actually that would have been a pretty good choice. And yeah. I think about it. so it's a little bit tough to find that guy. And I will say one of the interesting things about it is that. A lot of people say, oh, did you know that Brando was improvising for most of his stuff? I'd be like, yeah, because I watched the movie. And I could, <laughs> it made no fucking sense. Yeah, I could tell everything in here was improvised. But All his dialogue sounds like a fucking Animal Collective song. It really, yeah, everything <laughs> into there. So I was watching some of the outtakes. Some of his uh, best moments were left on the cutting room floor. There was like an interesting moment in which he interacted with... Uh, a bird started chirping during his speech, and he sort of built it into his speech in a way that felt like it was in character. I was like, <laughs> I thought that actually would have worked. And I was like, wait, you, you could have done that. Also, the other thing is, like, people need to stop giving him credit for just uh, improvising, because everyone else was improvising. The idea was, here's a basic outline of the script. I want you guys to sort of expound on this, pretend you're in character, because everyone was like... Everyone had gone native for this movie, and that's kind of what makes it so incredible that it was even made. Uh... I, I, yeah, well, enough about Brando. I'm sorry. I, I got way do too much into that. if Brando was still around, you know, like how they digitally de-age people? Do you think, like, directors would try and defat him to make him? <laughs> <laughs> Could they do that? Like, you can't say no, right? Because, like, 
at least one would try. It's like, no, you don't understand. He's the greatest actor of our generation. He would. I think well, he would request speaking. that. I think he would actually <laughs> request that. Have him have him act like facing sideways with his face superimposed on this on the the side of his head like little baby Colin Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's 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 going to be like malignant. On the other side of him, there's like the normal like in shape uh, Marlon Brando. <laughs> Who's also taller than five foot seven, I suppose. Anyway, uh, Parker, I do think you should watch this. Uh, yeah, it it is also totally worth seeing in theater because the cinematography is uh, astonishing. Uh, Yo, if you can see that in D box, too. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> smell would take you over. Yeah. You're uh, not gonna sleep for two days. Yeah, that lives in the same world as 2001. It's like, oh yeah, I watch this. Yeah. I'm gonna do it right. Yeah, you, yeah, that's a good one. But also like. If it says Redux on there, stay far oh, away. Oh, absolutely not. But I've never seen a frame of that movie. Even I know about the French Plantation. <laughs> I've heard that's of interesting. You said okay, so I actually wrote this in my letterbox review. It's like, guys, here's what you're gonna do: if you're watching this movie, you get to the French Plantation scene. Do not pause it. Leave your domain. Get into your car. Drive to Taco Bell. Take your time. It's all right. This goes for a while. Order your favorite vittles. Then pay, and then come back, and you can eat, and it should all even out, and they'll be all done with it. And guess what? You miss nothing, except for Lawrence Fishburne's death. But man, other than that, House of Crunchwrap Supreme. Oh, you better Sorry. fucking believe it. Yeah, it, even if you're watching it in a theater, you can just be like, guys, I'm just gonna. Right. It just go to a Taco Bell. Doesn't matter if there's one thirty miles away. Go, come back. You're good. All right. Just it is not only like oh that's a skippable scene. It's like no 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 must skip, <laughs> must skip. You you should not watch this. It's it is bad that it is in here. So uh, that scene makes oh. me very upset. I want to bring Brando back from the dead and give him a Baja blast and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, something good on this fucking planet. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna be doing that voice anyway. Uh, Parker, I have a question for you. Absolutely. Okay. Could you tell me, and Alex, no helping. It's okay that you didn't raise your hand. It's fine. All right. Well, uh, I'm just making sure. All right. Alex, no helping. Parker, could you tell me the plot of the new Dragon Ball movie? Absolutely, I can. Would you like me to? Yes, please. Okay. Well, you see, uh, the Red Ribbon Army, they're back again. You might yeah. remember them. If not, don't worry. The movie will catch you up. All right. And uh, they teamed with uh, Dr. Jero's grandson. You remember him? Sure you do. Don't worry about it. So he makes two new androids and also a big new villain called Cell Max. But unfortunately, Goku and Vegeta are, are training off-planet, so they can't help. So mm-hmm. go on a pickle, I'll have to take over. I haven't read a book longer than 300 pages since high school. How's it going, man? <laughs> <laughs> so Goku and Vegeta aren't even in this movie? Nope. No, they're... they're I guess like like yeah. fucking like cameo sort of thing. It was yeah. like you have to put them on the cover somewhere, you know? Yeah, the, the B-plot is just them training on Lord Beerus' planet. Training for what? Well, you see, uh, they're training. Chris, in are, case you, any... are you familiar with Dragon Ball? Yeah, in case any any you know powerful impending universal threats comes comes to Earth, like you know, they be like hypothetically, because... what if there was like some huge thing that was named after one of the villains that they had previously yeah. beaten, or or like hypothetically, if there was a guy who's also a cat who can snap the universe out of existence, but just chooses not to lift a finger to help anybody ever, because all he's interested in doing is napping and eating ice cream. Is that like the Tom Bombadil for a uh, fucking Dragon Ball? Yeah, that's <laughs> actually kind of yes, Paris, dude. <laughs> did that an- did that satisfy your question, sir? Yeah, I did. That's like yeah. the first act, dude. Well, I don't want to ruin the whole GD thing. Hey, spoilers! The second act is they punch each other a lot, and the is, third act is, is the GD good like a new version of Dragon Ball. <sighs> don't look at my Evernote page. <laughs> <laughs> Trademarks are pending. Yes. 
All right, uh, Alex. What else did you watch? When, uh, <laughs> just ruined that fucking thing. Got obsessed with, uh, with with calling people GDIs now. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, oh, that, un- that unlocks something deep in my face. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the GDIs in Apocalypse G- Now were really. Uh... <laughs> um. So yeah, how about you guys talk about the rest of this movie? Yeah, talk about Dragon Ball now. Yeah, we can. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I kind of got a piece. So if we do Dragon Ball now, let's just let's just take a break. Is Dragon Ball now a different movie or? You'll find out. Could be, yeah. <laughs> so tell me more about this movie. Wait, where do we start? I will start with uh, just a, this is how I can recommend it to people. Uh, 3D saw it with me because she's a glutton for punishment. And uh, at some point near the end, she just could not hold anymore, had to run to the bathroom. She's quick. She comes back. I lean in to tell her and she goes, oh, don't worry about it. I can hear them screaming from the bathroom. <laughs> Five stars. Correct. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Just what a! Well, I thought I was gonna hate the visual style, but yeah. I—it's a little—it's a little clean. It, it it looks I guess a bit different from the like original Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. It looks a lot like a PS2 video game sometimes. Oh yeah, kind of kind of had the uh, the exact same experience watching this that uh, we all did with Alita Battle Angel, where like you you see it and you're like ugh, and then after ten minutes you're just like eh. You just sort of like fall into like yeah yeah. It's just like oh, this yeah. is just what we're watching. Okay, I'm good with that. Yeah. There were a couple shots where you're like, "Ooh, this this sticks out," but yeah, I mostly just wash over me. It helped that I was obliterated. You're, I was on Namek, motherfucker. I was <laughs> on a different planet, so it did not matter. It just like like it really is just a movie that gives you everything that you could possibly ask for if you're a fan of this IP, and like if you even like sort of vibe with what Dragon Ball Z is doing, which is like the only way I can think to describe it. You'll enjoy this even if you have nothing going on. Like, like if you have no idea what's going on. Like, it, it's, it, it's like functional in the sense that it's like, oh, these are the people. These are the ones you like. These are the guys that tell jokes. These are the side characters. They show up occasionally. They do something. Here's the new people. You can tell because they get a bunch of fucking exposition lines that all our cool heroes don't have to do because they're busy trading. Uh, there's it, it's. <laughs> Normally, I hate like any sort of fan service. It drives me nuts. But in something like this, I'm like, hell yeah, yes, I'm the piggy. I'm gonna laugh at all with this. 100%. So, I, I I enjoyed every reference to uh, you know Piccolo not knowing how to drive the spaceship, or <laughs> every callback to like some episode of Dragon Ball that nobody has fucking seen in 20 years. Or just like, hey. What about this thing? That would be the one oh, that yeah, I would remember too. <laughs> well, like I, and like it, it starts uh like it, it starts pretty early with that. Like Piccolo's trying to find a way to like power himself up in order to fight the the androids that Dr. Lil Hitler has created. Um and uh he's like, "Hmm, I wonder what I can do." Oh yeah, remember in the Frieza saga when uh <laughs> fucking King Namek used his magical power pulling ability on Gohan and Krillin and pulled out their latent potential. Maybe I could do that too. Oh, but the 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 great Namekian guy is dead. It's okay. I'll just go see Dende and get him to tell Shenron to be able to do that oh. now. <laughs> Dende just literally goes, "Oh yeah, cool. I'll just go upgrade the dragon." They're like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, be right back." And he just comes out and pours some water on. He's like, "Lay up and cool. pour some water on it." It's like, "Yeah, hey, cool. I can do it now." And then he just gets oh, more power. By the way, Chris, it's now canon that Sh- Shenron grants three wishes. Just food for thought. Three yes, wishes. Sir. Three wishes. That's three wishes. Yeah. What, because of inflation? I swear, it used to be uh, Magic lamp, dude. Don't worry about it. Okay. He upgraded it off screen. Doesn't yeah. matter. Well, I looked up I, who Dende is because I needed to do that. 
Short, another short game. <laughs> oh, wait, Parker, I have another question. Is it okay if I... Hang on a second. Do not change your background to Mr. Popo. Oh, yeah, you have a question? Is Mr. Popo in this movie? Unfortunately not. I was really I'm upset. so sad. <laughs> we need... It is, you know, it's a really good thing. We watched, like, Beast just to get some fucking, you know, diversity in the show. Careful. Oh, we'll get to that, buddy. We will get to that. What was... Did you watch the Mr. Popo cut of Beast? I, uh, I'm going to cut that. We'll I feel it, bad just imagining it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to well, be able to imagine. Well, see, I feel good about myself because I imagined Mr. Popo as the lion, unlike you guys, clearly. Uh, <laughs> well, Mr. Popo certainly wasn't going to be a poacher. I don't want to do the voice. But yeah, I love uh, poacher, guys. <laughs> that Dragon Ball is at the point where... They're like, damn, this doesn't make sense. How do we get this character to here? And they just go, I don't know, man, just do it. It's fine. Like, this doesn't matter. Like, this started off as a fucking yeah. joke about a little monkey boy collecting magic balls. Power levels aren't real. It doesn't matter. Like, oh, uh, I have created the dragon. Now you're as strong as everyone else. Like, oh, you can just do you that, know, If we want to use the dragon, don't we have to collect the dragon balls? No, actually, we don't, because Bulma just goes around and collects them all the time. She can use them to get cosmetic surgery. Because, like, every year, some villain shows up trying to get them. So, like, ah, we should keep these on lockdown. Yeah. Which is, I mean, smart. It's not I a bad guess. idea. Yeah. Uh, so they they summon the dragon to use the magical ability to power up Piccolo. And, you know, Shenron's, you know, Shenron's a homie. He helps out. And then Bulma immediately uses their other two wishes on, like, a facelift. And then goes, oh, yeah, I could have just you, I should, could have just had Shenron summon Goku and Vegeta back to Earth. After she like, wishes oh, well, from we forgot. big fat ass. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> We could have just done that, huh? All right. Wait, well. did, wait she actually does that in this fucking Hell movie? Hell yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a, there is a prominent butt shot in this movie, which is hilarious uh. in, uh, in IMAX. It was a real uh, step, son, I'm stuck in the washing machine shot. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, How would it look I, on that IMAX screen, buddy? I, I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think I'm becoming more and more happy I didn't actually watch this in the theater. Yet. Anything's possible, buddy. <laughs> But I just love it's the like magic all right, of Shenron. You know. Yeah, we just have to get from point A to the point you guys want to get to. Yeah. So we'll just get there. Mm-hmm. How's it go on more powerful now? Ah, he's sad about his daughter. Don't worry about it. She starts crying, then he gets real strong. That's all. You, it's fine. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically how it works in all the other ones. Exactly. Like, that's canon. <laughs> I had a legitimate laugh at a couple of the moments, but the one that got me the most is during the big battle. They all roll in and boom, shields. I brought all the strongest defenders on Earth, and also Krillin. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> That's really good. So good. All right, never mind. All right, now I gotta see this. He spends the only with his little police outfit on. Yeah, when did they make Krillin a cop? Yeah, that wait, is that, cool. how did That's that happen? Super. He's got, I mean, at this point, he can't do anything else, so like... Yeah. You gotta earn some money. You gotta wipe his little cuck helmet. He he was desperate for money, so he joined the cops. Yeah. We love a short king whose hot wife is stronger than everyone else on screen. We absolutely mm-hmm. love to see it. I mean, when they said sell max, I'm like, oh, I guess we're gonna do sell again. And then mm. when I realized like, oh it's a kaiju size. I kicked yeah. my little <laughs> feet just... in the theater. <laughs> it is an enormous cell that all he does is just yell, ah, and look like the fucking charging my laser guy. It's so good. It just co- keeps trying purple lasers out of his tail like Shin Godzilla, which did a lot for me personally. <laughs> I don't understand why it had a, a tail like that big armored dinosaur, but uh, it was cool. <laughs> exactly. Uh, big fan of... Uh, my favorite recurring bit is that every time they do the fusion dance in a movie, they always fuck it up first. 
Yeah. Even bigger fan of the fact that he just stayed fat. There was no like, all right, we'll wait for the time limit. They'll get it right. No, they just stayed fat and they used him like a volleyball. It's a really good. Bit. <laughs> wait, wait, who was fat? Goten and Trunks uh, fuse. Yeah, Goten and Trunks. And they oh, fuck and it they, up. They, they, they just yeah. become fat. It's always like if you fuck yeah, it up, you become fat. fat guy. And then you become <laughs> a little skinny guy. And then on the third try, they always get it right. But they just only do the first try. So he's just a fat <laughs> moron for the entire climactic battle. It's really good. He's too fat and useless to power up. It's so good. His big fat ass hanging out of his ripped pants. While the giant <laughs> kaiju monster shoots purple lasers. <laughs> Anime's good again, y'all. It really is. It's this is just It's everything you want because, you know, it's all the build up to the fight. You get all the jokes from all your friends like you're expecting. They all unite. The the bad guy androids turn good because they realize that they're being manipulated by the Red Ribbon Army. And then Piccolo gets his own version of being a Super Saiyan. It's and it so owns. We love it's exactly what you want. We'd love to see Piccolo get a big power up. It's <laughs> overdue, <laughs> honestly. Just having a movie focus on Gohan and Piccolo, the world's favorite father-son combo. Them getting beefed up to be as strong as everyone else. Them getting the whole spotlight. Oh, it made me so happy. Oh, yeah. And, of course, our favorite moment, which, uh, when Cell Max <laughs> is trying to step on Piccolo, and then Krillin flies in and goes, Hey, man, just get big. And he goes, What? He's like, No, like he did at the tournament. And it shows a two-second flashback from, like, the last arc of Dragon Ball. And he goes, Oh yeah, I forgot I could do that. And he just turns big and orange and they punch each other a lot. <laughs> and they have to buy time for Gohan to power up to his new form. So it's just two big monsters fighting. Well, fat-ass Gotenks flies around. <laughs> what a good movie. <laughs> it fucking owns, dude. It is literally what you want out of it. It does not pretend to be anything else. Nor what I want it to be. Yeah, I don't need some genre-bending fucking Dragon Ball movie. I paid for my slop, and I received said slop. I will receive as much more slop as they will sell me. <laughs> I looked online and saw, oh, post-credit scene. Well, I guess I'm staying here like a little piggy. <laughs> it is also yep. an incredibly good bit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what a good movie. I will watch one of these every year for the rest of my life. You better make them that fast. Honestly. I know anime is hard, but just just render it CG. I don't care how shitty it looks. It's I think fine. that's. I mean, they already are. Like this is the like this thing doing well means we're gonna get one of these like every four months. Fuck I hope. Yes, dude. We deserve it. We really do. Because that manga's just been going for years without the anime following it. It's and, uh, this manga. needs some more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't understand <laughs> your accent. <laughs> uh yeah, five stars. Uh, a co-worker of mine is thought about going with this. We're like, oh, how much Dragon Ball have you watched? He said, oh, I didn't like it growing up. I wish I'd forced him to go. <laughs> that would have been right? That would have been an incredible conversation. Like, so uh, what do you think happened, man? As he just stares at me, <laughs> dead-eyed. <laughs> Some people just don't understand. Quality I, I would go to, 100%, I'd go to HR about that guy. You can't trust somebody that didn't like the show when they were a kid. Thinking about it. There's got to be a dirty past. What else did you watch? Alright, I only got one other thing to talk about here. Uh, something that Chris assigned me uh, a, a good while back. Uh, hey Chris, have you actually seen the Tim Burton Dumbo? No. I didn't think so. Parker, have you seen the Tim Burton Dumbo? See, I thought I assigned uh, it to Parker, so... <laughs> I'm gonna say no, hoping yeah. this isn't a trick. It's, it's not a trick, on my end, anyway. You guys have seen the old version, right? Oh yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, forever ago, yeah. 
like do you remember what happens in it yeah i remember that uh, I, I, remember like, like, jet... I remember it very clearly, in fact. I, I used to watch all the time we had a VHS. Okay. Well, I have seen Dumbo at some point in the past and remembered basically nothing except he can fly and there's racist crows. So I did not have too bad of a time with this movie. Um, it's very, very obviously a Tim Burton movie. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> Michael Keaton is having a fucking blast as the bad guy. Um, there were... Th- I, like, I knew there were things about this that were changed, like, just because, you know, it's it's a remake, and they can, you know, do different stuff, and also it's Tim Burton, like, he's not gonna fucking follow anybody's rules, uh, uh, but, like, I didn't know what they were, so, like, I was like, yeah, this is fine, I mean, it's, it's kinda long, it was kinda weird that, like, you know, the whole thing is based on this elephant being, like, some ugly, hideous freak, and it's just, like, actually really adorable, and then, like... The, the circus is in town in, like, fucking Joplin, Missouri in 1910, and they're trying to hide Dumbo from everybody because Danny DeVito's like, oh, no, they're just gonna, you know, we promised them a baby elephant, and we have this horrifying-looking thing, and then all the fucking yokels in Missouri throw trash at Dumbo. It's like, how the fuck do any of you know what an elephant looks like? <laughs> like, like, you guys, like... <laughs> You guys are 50 years away from having radio in your fucking yoke-ass neck of the woods. Like, what are we doing? Why is this traveling circus in the middle of fucking... Like, I understand it's a movie, and you gotta, like, you know, you gotta get them mad at the cute baby elephant somehow, but Mm. it doesn't really work. But, like, you know, the movie's, like, competent. It looks good. Like, it looks pretty. I I think, like, all of the animal CGI in this is actually pretty well done. And then, like, you know, I get to the end, and I'm like, you know, like... Again, like, I, I said what I knew about this movie, like, going in. Like, I, I knew the basic gist of, like, the elephant can fly and, you know, the circus shit and all. And also there are racist crows. So I was like, well, huh, that's weird. You know, they took out all the racist crows, but yet at the end of the movie, they send Dumbo and his mom back to Africa. Like, that's kind of, you know, <laughs> that's a little quaint. Maybe they should have cut that. Yeah. And then somebody's like, no, 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 that's not how the original one ends. This is just what Tim Burton decided to do. That is, yeah, that is different. They just, uh, I think Dumbo just becomes, like, president of the universe or something in the original. Yeah, somebody said something about, like, he's got, like, his own rail car and he goes around the country and, like, it's like, I guess, you know. That, that's reading a little bit much into a Disney movie that's barely over an hour. <laughs> he just, that, dude, I don't he just lands but, on the back of a train. Is that, but no, I, I get what you're saying. I will say one of the biggest changes, though, what you just mentioned there... In the original movie, he was not considered ugly by any stretch of the imagination. As soon as anyone sees him, they're like, oh, then they see his ears, and they go, what the fuck is that? Let's make fun of him. So, uh, yeah, I understand what that's like. Yeah, uh, I, I explained how the ending was to somebody who had seen the old one but not the new one, and they're like, well, that's especially weird, because Dumbo's an Asian elephant, so, you well, know. You, you're friends with these people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this I was is just like <laughs> honestly, like having seen all these stupid Disney live action remakes now, this is like very clearly the best one. But it's also not a remake of a movie that came out like fifteen years before. Mm-hmm. So I think Dumbo's had time to breathe. I don't mind somebody refreshing Dumbo. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that because it involves animals, as we'll get to later, um, you know, like the use of modern cgi actually lets you make a movie that's kind of different and like kind of cool in its own way because it's you know it's very you know gilded age looking it looks i i think the whole movie looks good i mean like i think that goes doesn't make too many movies that look bad yeah 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 like contrast this with like does snow white and the huntsman count as a disney live action remake i don't know if that was under the disney umbrella (laughs) (laughs) 
So you're saying this looks better than the Aladdin Will Smith one? <laughs> I mean, I think so. And, like, I think that, you know, a lot of the reason that people don't like this movie is that they don't think it, you know, should exist. Like, there's no reason for someone to make this. I guess that would be me, and, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's true. But also, that's true of, like, 90% of movies. Yeah. Like, we're really, we're really doing this? Like, I, 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 I understand, you know, you might love, like, the old version or something, but, like, who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. I will say, of all the movies to remake, Dumbo is just like, wait, that was a Disney... Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, no, don't remake that. But I don't know. I guess I didn't care. I did think that it would be kind of funny to assign because it's like, not only is it a live-action Disney remake, but Tim Burton's doing it. So yeah. I kind of yeah, thought that that was where it was going to go. So also, I thought I signed this made a good movie in how long? <laughs> Ooh, when was Big Fish? Uh, no, wait. Like uh, actually, Sweetie Todd. Or? Sweetie Todd was 07, so I like that movie. I've seen bits and pieces of that movie like a dozen times I, and never the whole thing together. I really like the songs in that one. Parker, do not watch <laughs> Sweetie Todd. <laughs> not for free, baby. Uh, actually, Sweetie Todd is on the list, which... Uh, I know. Oh, very, trust very me. Silly. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, like, like this was... I, I, it's too long and it's a baby movie. So, you know, it's not like... I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, I loved it. Man, it's fine. Yeah, well, it's no Marcel the Shell Always though. happy to see him. Did, uh... Was, was, there a, was there a character with one arm in the first one? No, I don't think so. What do you no, think character? You mean decided... a human being, or...? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not like, yeah, uh, not like, just, a, like, a, like a mouse that went over and lost limbs in World War One. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah. No, Colin Farrell just, like, you know... They're like, Danny DeVito's like, you're gonna look like a freak without your arm. You gotta wear this straw arm through the whole movie instead. So, they go from making his character a guy with one arm to a guy that looks like he has two arms for most of the runtime. It's a really weird decision. Yeah, I I guess I don't understand that one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, you do worse. I mean, I I appreciate the, uh, the attempted shot at making me miserable, but... It wasn't so much miserable. I I was hoping no, I that jokes would be had, you know, like yeah, uh, like yeah, no, when you guys assigned me uh, through the looking glass. Yeah, the movie's too competent for me to really make that much fun of. Yeah, it's just kind of dumb. Tim Burton uh, back on top, baby. Yeah, you know, it, this is in the better half of the last twenty years of Tim Burton's movies. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Parker, go ahead. Yeah. <sighs> Lads. Well, I can tell you right now that when you get to day shift, Alex, you are going to yeah. have a wonderful time. That movie oh, good. Rips. Good to hear. Good to hear. Oh, I thought he was switching his schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, better action than you would think for a movie like this. More mm-hmm. laughs than you would expect for a, hey, here's a fun action horror movie on Netflix. Like, some actual good jokes. And more importantly, there's an action scene halfway through. That is uh, built solely around giving Scott Atkins really funny ways to do spin kicks on vampires. It's incredibly <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, there's two brothers that are legendary vampire hunters, and one of them is Scott Atkins. And it's just like a yes, five-minute, just uninterrupted, them doing as many insane spin kicks and using as many weapons as possible. Like At one point, he like stabs a vampire with a crucifix and then pulls it out and turns it into nunchucks. It's, it's incredibly good. <laughs> you are gonna have a Fuck, good time. Dude. Yeah, that sounds like it. That movie rips. Now, Chris, my good friend, my brother in Christ. Yes. You know how you mention uh, once every six hundred movies you find a good horror one on the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy, you ready to talk about the vanishing? Because holy guacamole, <laughs> what a 
What an ending. Well, I, I'm almost at 700 now, and I guess I've forgotten The Vanishing. Which one's The Vanishing? Let me oh, look this up. The... Let me see if I have this checked off here. Oh, you definitely do. The Vanishing. Oh, is that the... Oh, wait. Is that Sporeless? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. Oh, my what an God. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. This is the one that Cooper called the scariest movie he had ever seen. <laughs> Man. That was that... Uh, not the best way to start my day before going to Dude, work. That that movie starts off as the most European fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. And you're just like, oh, what what the fuck is this? What is, is this going to be another Laventure? And by the end, they show you. And I'm like, fuck! Because you're watching it and you know your heart like, she's super dead. Like, oh, you yeah. know she's dead. Yeah. He, he knows she's probably dead, but... Yeah. I mean, Skip, I love movies about people being obsessed with something. That oh, that's, that's a good point. It also, it finally, sorry, it also, it finally gives the audience what we want. You're like, that's the thing about Laventure, which I, I mention all the time as the single most boring movie ever made. This is one where it finally gives the audience what it wants. And sometimes we need this, all right? We've been going to the movies enough. We've been giving enough money. Eventually just give us what we want. And finally this movie was like... You want it, you got it, and uh, I'm really happy that they did that. Instead of and they they went a route that was completely different from like gore or, or bloody or whatever, something so much worse. Uh, do we just dance around the spoilers, even though it's a super old movie? I know Alex has seen it, or at least I'm pretty sure Alex has seen The Vanishing. I have not, but feel free to talk about it. Mm, we can't tell. <laughs> we can't tell. No. Okay. This one is actually good enough where you would be like, "Oh, I gotta see this." Okay. Unfortunately, that I, makes, I will watch that then. Yeah. That makes it difficult to discuss the movie I watched after, which was the American remake from the same <laughs> director. Is that the one with Kiefer Sutherland? It sure is. I fucking knew it. I saw that on TV once. They were like, "Wait, are they just doing that scene?" Because, again, not to give too much away, doesn't he get out? <laughs> he sure fucking does. What that the scene fuck? Happens, you can't do that. Twenty minutes left in the movie. I remember I seeing that. <laughs> fucking, it's a happy ending. The movie ends on a joke. I swear <laughs> on my life. <laughs> Not only do we get a happy ending, him and his girlfriend, who like she comes back for him, she's like, what? She rescues him instead of like what? just leaving him for being a psychopath. She, he, they they go to a lunch to discuss the book rights to it, and the waiter comes up and puts down coffee. Now, as you may remember, uh, lacing the coffee with drugs was how he. Uh, took his old girlfriend away. Yeah. And they both look at each other and go, we don't drink coffee anymore. Little chuckle, credits roll. I, I wanted to die. <laughs> I remember watching that with my dad. On, is, it seriously is the same director? The same director How a couple f- years later. Because that's what got my attention. I was like, the fact that he's coming back, it could either be a, I don't want them to fuck up my baby, or a, you know, now that I've you know worked more since then, I could tweak this, do that. Uh, all the tweaks are wrong. Yeah, and, uh, why would I you... Cannot... Jeff Bridges plays the bad guy, and I could not put my finger on what I hated about his performance. And then I went to my trusty letterbox, and someone said, why is he doing a Milton from Office Space impression? And that's 100% <laughs> what it is. It's dead ass. And him just doing that voice, and it's like, oh, I feel no... I feel nothing. <laughs> it should be closer to, like... Gil from The Simpsons, you know? Ah, come on, little Gil. He'll take you to where your girlfriend is. Come on. It should be something along those lines, you know, if you're going to translate no cold this. calculating anything. I get nothing from him. He just... He sounds like he's going to ask for his fucking stapler, man. It that, sucks so bad. <laughs> that's so weird. And the weird. fact that they changed the ending, I... The look of horror on my face. That's... that. I was... I knew it. I, I didn't know that the Kiefer Sutherland movie in which... 
that happens. I I didn't know that that was a straight remake. I remember I'd seen like different bits and pieces of it. And I remember that scene in particular. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my god, that's gotta be scary. And then he breaks out somehow. And I was just like, really? That he could just do that's that? His girlfriend. Who I, I thought I was watching. Him, I genuinely, him. I thought I was watching like an episode of 24. I was just like, so it's Jack Bauer so could just do that now? It, it just doesn't really feel like it's, it's all that threatening, so actually. Suddenly it's not so scary. Because that's the weird thing about The Vanishing, uh, the original version, which I don't really want to call Spore Loose. Uh, yeah. It. That movie is, it's obviously listed as a horror movie, and you think to yourself, oh, well, uh, for for like an hour of it, you're just like, well, this isn't really that scary, it's more, the only way I can describe it is just really European. And then at the very end, you're just like, fuck, that is so, it's very, very simple, but very, very terrifying. And, oh boy, I just remembered that like climactic scene in the remake. Oh my god! You know what I'm reminded of is uh, two movies I hated by the same director, by Michael Haneke, who I hope is dead. Uh, Funny Games. Funny Games is uh, both the original and the uh, the remake. They're basically shot for shot the same. Like there's really no tremendous difference there, and they certainly don't change the fucking ending. And look, I hate those movies, and I hate Michael Haneke. And if he's listening to this, fuck you. But at least he didn't change it. I mean, that's your vision. You, you should keep it that way. The only logic I can come to for... I think the director was uh, George Sluzer. Is that how it's pronounced? I'm not going to say that correctly. You're asking the wrong <laughs> Anyway, uh, was he, like, making fun of Americans? Was this, like, a little shot at us? He'd be like, oh, you Americans, you like is the happy ending. Ho, ho, ho. Well, uh, I took it personally. Yeah, you should, yeah. If fuck not, he was that. calling me a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. Is this what you want? <laughs> They all go to a coffee shop, they're going to sell their story, and then write a book, and then yeah. they're going to have a great old time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm so happy he was able to finally move on. Yeah. Well... Eat my ass. I'll, I'll tell you this. Alex, just please watch the original instead. Don't watch the remake. Right. Well, uh, it still says here on my, my Game of Games assignments that I have two European movies to, to pick, so uh, I can use this as well. That, that's a good so, one. Yeah. You, know, you can do uh, worse. Yeah. Uh, what else do you watch? Is this? Is this? Uh, I assume this isn't in English. Uh, no, no, it's not in English. I have like fucking six subtitled movies left. Yeah, I think they speak. <laughs> I shouldn't have let those pile. I think up. for this one, they speak like three different languages. Because I speak French, and oh, for nice. the most part, I was like able to understand it. And uh-huh. uh, but at some point, I think they start speaking like German or something. And then like some sort of like spin-off French or something like Belgium French. That reminds me when I was at the French plantation scene in Apocalypse Now, that the only part I couldn't understand was his kids because they're so bad at French. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? So <laughs> anyway, what else oh, you watch, Parker? <laughs> I don't have much to say about the Manti Teo doc on Netflix. Tell um, no, come on. There's one I'm, thing. <laughs> okay, I will say that as we're watching it, I mumbled to myself, Lene Pupua, and then I heard from on the couch. What'd you say? And in that moment, I wanted to jump off the fucking balcony. Most I've ever felt in my life. You don't have the guts that Josh Coward. does, dude. I don't want to hear it. Because the fact that it was involuntary is what made it hurt. Like, I wasn't even, like, looking for a reaction. I just... It just came out while I was like, absentmindedly, like, picking at my food. But uh, I will say the most interesting part is the fact that... uh you know, the catfisher and all this, uh, seemingly just has absolutely no remorse about any of this. And it's constantly just talking about, like, yeah, you know, uh, I put myself on the back burner all those years, and I was ready to focus on me. It's like, <laughs> oh! <laughs> How unfortunate for you. <laughs> you weren't focusing. It's 
Uh, spoilers, everyone in Teo's family hates their fucking guts and will never speak to them. <laughs> it is, uh... No kidding! It should not be two episodes. Two hours is too much. It's not that long of a story. Like, come on. I don't need the whole fucking history of playing football as a kid. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of meat on the bone there. No, I only needed to be an hour. But it was yeah. enjoyable because, you know, girlfriend likes sports documentaries. She's never <laughs> heard of this. So just watching her watch this unfold is <laughs> really entertaining. I'm just... I'm just imagining it ending like the fucking Oasis documentary. It's like, yeah, and then he got drafted by the Chargers. It was the best day of his life. The end. <laughs> when the title card came up for the Alabama title game, I started kicking my feet and running back <laughs> I was fucking dying because I was like, hey, hey, check this out. I am excited. <laughs> I hope you read that to your girlfriend, dude. <laughs> I, I paused the movie and gave her a lore breakdown. <laughs> the first song I ever learned was the Notre Dame fight song. <laughs> That's oh, one of my favorite memories, is just like, every couple weeks, just seeing that at the top of the list. It's usually one of us. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's one of those, it's, like, it's more helpful for people who don't know the story, but yeah. we're terminally online weirdos, so most of it wasn't really new to me. I'm so happy she knows another Dame fight song. <laughs> she had to learn, it's the first one she ever learned. <laughs> now, uh. A movie that I almost uh, walked into after Beast was over until I realized uh, it was playing on Paramount Plus. His orphan first kill. Oh, yeah, lean yes. in, buddy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> so um, this will you know take a couple weeks for this to come out. If you have any interest in watching this spoiler free, you will have seen it by the time this episode drops. So uh, I'm just gonna spoil it because the twist is the best part of the movie. So she escapes this fucking crazy house, right? Mm-hmm. And she gets taken in by this family whose daughter's been missing for a while. And everything's going great. She's trying to blend in. She's starting to bond with the dad. She's still a creepy little monster, and they have to use like some CGI de-aging. It doesn't mm-hmm. really work because it's 15 years later, and she's supposed to be younger. But it's fine. Oh. And at some point, uh, a doctor figures out what's going on. And he corners her, and he's about to expose the whole thing. And then the mom comes in. And just unloads a whole fucking clip in that doctor. She's like, look here, you little shit. That girl is dead. Our son, they were playing too hard. He accidentally pushed down the stairs and she died. We couldn't tell your dad because he's just like an emotionally distraught mess. So guess what? You're going to keep this up. You're going to keep pretending to be our daughter. Or I'm sending you back to that weird Belarus prison you came from. So like the entire second half of the movie... (laughs) Is this mom and son who fucking hate this little monster sociopath and this little monster sociopath who fucking hates the mom and brother but is starting to get a crush on the dad and them just having to coexist and slowly resent each other more until they try and kill each other. Wait, I actually kind of like, I like the idea of that setup. Uh, It's It's a real good, it's a good reveal. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, you cannot go wrong with it on Paramount Plus because that is... I soy face like a motherfucker. Because <laughs> for the whole rest of the movie, it's just her constantly telling her, like, you fucking idiot. No, that's the fact is wrong. You're going to fuck this whole thing up. And then she just, like, tries to poison her. <laughs> it's really good. While the dad's just like, wow, I can't believe I have my baby back. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think that's... I want my baby back. <laughs> I felt it as I said it. Ribs. <laughs> All right. Let us, let us take a trip to fight the anti-poacher. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, are, are we pro poacher now, Parker? You know, just let He's a triple oh. anti poacher. <laughs> don't want to get involved. <laughs> okay, so this movie, Beast, released in 2022. 
uh, even though this episode won't be. Or what, yeah. Sorry's uh, Idris Elba. I knew where you fucking... <laughs> Sorry's Idris Elba and not his daughters, uh, because apparently his real daughter had no chemistry with him. And uh, they decided to take a family vacation to Africa. Now, you know, get this out of the way. Yeah, it's it's a black family, and I, you know, I guess whatever, homeland, whatever. Africa doesn't seem like a very fun place to visit. I, I just don't think I'd want to go there. And I think the central thing for me is it looks really, really hot there. And I think that was one of like the biggest complaint. And also, one of my I had like a conspiracy theory that this was not shot on location. And look, I'll admit I was wrong. Right? I looked it up. Yeah, they actually shot it in Africa. I thought this was shot on like an air conditioned stage because as soon as they step out of the plane, the older sister she's wearing this gigantic like hoodie. Uh, Dad is wearing two shirts, and I. Uh, the younger sister is wearing, like, long pants and, like, a jacket hoodie sort of thing. That's what they wear for most of the movie. They're, like, totally fine in the African heat like that. And I I don't understand. I think it's, that, like, costume designers in Hollywood are just, like, it doesn't... Can I finish? <laughs> uh, they're in a, like, warmer climate. We have to put them in longer sleeves. What's up, Alex? Chris, South Africa's a lot colder than you think it is. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like pretty close to antarctica actually well, i mean it's not like freezing but you know okay well that still presents it's more dry than hot if but... that's the case and if it's more dry than hot then i have a problem more with the first dry... then i have a problem with the first line of dialogue that the younger sister says where she's like it's so hot here i'm sweating all over i'm sweating on my pancreas the sweat of my pancreas is sweating so there's a little inconsistency with what they're wearing and what they claim the temperature and humidity is there so uh, yeah, I just I took like literally every line in the first twenty minutes as them being like, "Hey, look at us! We're from the city. We don't know what the fuck we're doing in the wilderness." Yeah. You know, to set up for. I, I think rest, maybe I took but, it personally yeah. because I'm a I'm a hairier armed individual here. So like, hell yeah, brother! Yeah, see, right? You know how it is. <laughs> Fucking, whenever I see people wear like hoodies and like three different shirts in movies in like Southern Los Angeles, I was like, "Come on, what are we doing?" I don't, I don't fucking buy this stuff. But, uh, yeah, the biggest problem in the movie, they wear long sleeves. You heard it here first. Anyway, we have this loving family that uh, really likes each other. as great chemistry. I fucking hate <laughs> these kids so much, guys. I Maybe I'm in the minority here, but, like, I, the kids just piss me off the entire movie. And it's not just, like, so the basic setup is uh, mom died after a divorce, so dad's kind of on uh, rocky waters right now. And uh, they're being, like, kind of mean to him about it in front of other people. I'm like, guys, come on. Can you just not do that when the camera's rolling either? But that's not enough. Uh, they're also quipping through the movie, uh, and not even well. There is a scene in which they get stuck inside of a, a van while a lion is attacking them, much like another movie we watch, which we'll get to. And uh, they're like, oh, use the Trank gun. Oh, wait, I don't know how to put this together. Oh, I know how to put together the Trank gun. How do you know how to put this together? Because I was paying attention when the guy told me how to do it. And the younger sister is like, oh, really? And I was like, could you hold on until the lion is gone before you start getting all Ryan Reynolds on me? And they do that throughout, like, the entire movie. They're constantly talking. And I feel like it's not even their fault. I think it's like the director saying, like, more dialogue, more dialogue. Let's go. Come on. Improvise. Come on, Brando. Let's go. So, uh, is, I had a tough time here. Uh, honestly, this is just how I imagine Zoomers act all the time. Oh. So, <laughs> like, like whether this is accurate or not, just in my brain, like, it was one of those things that, like, in a different kind of movie would annoy me, but in this movie, I was like, 
Yeah, that probably makes sense. They, I guess they can't so, yeah. watch their, they can't watch their little TikToks. Yeah. They can't play the. I Roblox will say that uh, you guys like, have it on know. me because a couple of weeks ago we were talking on Discord about like, oh, I want to raise a family. Or I don't want kids. Whatever. B is the only like pro baby guy on this podcast. Uh, kind of reconsidering some things after watching this movie. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> that that is unironically like that is a big part of it for me. Is like, damn, what if my kids suck? Yeah, exactly. Like that would just like I I would just kill myself. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do with that? Point? Donald Trump like, said the oh, same. Fuck, thing. I ruined one. <laughs> if I had to raise someone like me, it's, like, it's game over, man. That ain't fucking happening. Yeah, and, and like I look at it, it's like if I raise somebody like me, that's probably in the upper fiftieth percentile of outcomes like it could get so much worse it could be like her like, that's not anyway. a good sign yeah i mean you could also watch dragon ball with your kids so you got that going hell yeah dude <laughs> or i could just watch it by myself like i don't need to be well, asking that's, questions that's true yeah uh anyway yeah that i don't know I, chris i really need you to move more to your left so you're blocking more of mr poke <laughs> <laughs> Now get 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 a get like a little bit lower. Like if you can get like <laughs> you have to turn it Perfect. Which of them's getting the best head? <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh. So I, I will say that like about the Zoomer stuff is it felt like they had a like a half hearted attempt at a Zoomer joke where they walk into the hut where that guy lives and she's like what's your wi-fi password uh sorry we don't have a reception here what that's not fair i'm like oh boy all right uh look around you <laughs> you think you're gonna get a wi-fi there but uh yeah they decide that they're gonna take a vacation in africa and uh, get to look at some lions which uh, you can't do anywhere else i guess you gotta see him up close and personal with uh, Uncle Whitey. I mean, uh, Uncle, uh, what do they call him, Michael or something? Chappie. Cha- uh, Uncle Chappie, thank you. So, <laughs> Uncle Tugger. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm going to end up calling him. Uh, yeah. Let's get to the lion. Uh, especially because that's actually the cold open. Is uh, They have this CGI lion that uh, poachers are trying to take down. Now, uh, Alex, you mentioned something that I definitely agree with. Poachers should be the villains in every movie. It's just they, such a great stock right there. N- there's no one more evil. There's no one that you're less willing to root for. I think, like, if you did, like, a bracket and, like, sent out a ballot to everybody in the world, just, like, you know, movie villains, like, who's the like the worst movie villains you could possibly have? It would be poachers and Nazis in the finals, and I think poachers would win. Like, legitimately. Because, like, these fucking poachers, they set up a trap... They, they come, they just machine gun down a bunch of lions, and immediately you're like, alright, fuck these guys, I would kill every single one of them with a knife if they were near me. Like, oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely 100% on the lion's side from, like, 30 seconds. Oh, ago. yeah. Like, not even, like, as soon as you see these guys, like, you really know, okay, these guys are bad. But unfortunately, Cecil, who I spoke to about this, can't really differentiate between people who walk on two legs. So, uh, he just assumes that all those people are bad people. And uh, we learn a little bit about each other this way. But maybe the lion knows more about them than they know about themselves. <laughs> Strong bear vibes here. Uh, locked in a car. The choice to make the lion basically the Terminator is an incredibly good call. Oh, yeah, that thing keeps Absolutely. on kicking. You know? I didn't know and that lions were that tough. And the fact that the cold open is just the poachers mowing down that whole pride. Except one getting away and shredding them. Immediately, like if you're looking on a streaming service, you're in for the next ninety minutes. Oh yeah, which by the way, ninety minutes, especially the way it's filmed in like the darkness. That ended up being one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I will say though, as unkillable as this uh, creature is, 
I was reminded less of Bear as it went on and more of a different movie that we talked about on the show. Jaws 4, The Revenge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that thing just keeps on kicking. It keeps on coming back. It's chasing them across distances that it, it shouldn't be able to travel after being incinerated. And uh, it just keeps on coming. I, that actually kind of reminds me of something. So uh, as far as like the CGI for The Lion goes, A, it looks better than The Lion King remake. Speaking of Disney uh, live action stuff. Yeah. But uh, also, not the highest bar to clear there. Uh, the other thing about it is it doesn't look like 100% accurate like it's there. Like, the eyes look scarier than usual. And you can tell that they did that with CGI. And it's a really good decision. You know, because you're going to have kids in this audience. And that makes it look scary to them. And they're going to be like, fuck, you guys see bees? And then they're going to get hit on the back of the head for saying fucking from mom. So, I like that Just imagining decision. it being, instead of the lion that looks like this, like that lion that's getting its balls nibbled by its... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's a very different movie. <laughs> now I'm thinking about that. <laughs> I, how can you not? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Chappie. So, uh, one of my other favorite movies from South Africa... Uh, Chappie is in this movie as a human being this time, uh, and he plays a pivotal role. Parker, what would you describe as his profession? Well, you know how there's poachers? Yes. Well, check this out. He's an (laughs) anti-poacher. He's the Antifa of South Africa. Uh, He's basically just Chris Pratt in the Jurassic World movies. He just walks up like, hey, what's wrong, fella? And holds his hand out. Yeah. I will say that the movie doesn't, I don't know if it quite establishes that he kills poachers uh oh, well sort of i guess it's yeah always... i guess with the scene where like the poachers come by and they're like oh what the... and, they, and they're like hey that guy killed three of our fellow poachers oh did he say that oh i missed that i'm yeah. sorry he sure did. Yeah, i couldn't kind of a dead I, giveaway, I couldn't but... i couldn't hear the people behind me were talking i thought that they just looked yeah. at him and they i did hear them say the you words mean, you mean the people behind you right now no no, no. <laughs> different people uh no uh, he uh i i heard the the guy who opened the door and saw him i, I just heard him say He's an anti-poacher. <laughs> and he says it like, he's a racist. <laughs> Some people just don't... Pro- it's, it's like anti-sex worker, you know? Some people just don't respect this this honest profession. We're trying to make ends meet over here by trading ivory. Cancel culture once again. Yeah. Coming for us. Yeah. This is what the Biden administration wants. Sleepy Joe. Uh, yeah, apparently he killed three people. Would have been pretty cool to see that. But uh, I guess he just says it instead. So uh, I did like the way that he almost killed the lion. I thought that was like kind of tight, especially because like he knows he's about to die anyway. So he's just like, let's have some fun. Well, he's been to be clear at this point, he's been about to die for about yeah, he's sixty five minutes. Yeah, like this dude gets his leg fucking ripped off by the lion at like minute twenty and just sort of hangs around. You want to talk about unkillable terminators in this movie? Yeah, like it's not just the lion; it's also yeah. this. It's dude. also Chappie, who, uh, to be fair, he wasn't in Philadelphia, so he had a fighting chance. Uh, it's a real uh, Will Ferrell and Austin Powers kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps getting mauled. <laughs> Right, hey, so my leg is is still operable. I can still crawl using my teeth. <laughs> oh, good, you've come to help me. <laughs> it's 
incredibly funny that, you know, he's on the radio with them. Again, at, like, minute 23, like, guys, the lion got me good. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And then Idris Elba, who's a doctor, like, walks him through, like, surgery. And as a result of the surgery, they then have to come save him. Just even though the whole time he's like, please do not come to save me. Whatever you do, do not come to save me. Especially because, like, bro, you... Sorry, go ahead. Bro, you could have just bled out. Like, you could have taken the... You could have solved this yourself. It was great because, like, the lion was right there. And he's like, okay, the lion's distracted by me. You can make your daring escape now. And you should be fine. Instead, they're just like, no, let's go save him. He's a robot. So, uh, that, that was, like, one of the moments in which, uh, the older sister is like, we have to go save him now. She gets out of the car to go after him, and the lion, like, almost ganks her. And, uh, at first I was like, well, that seems like a very silly decision. But also, I don't think I would want to be in the car with those other two people. Uh, just because they were being really annoying with each other. They were whining, oh, oh mom died, and, uh, you couldn't save her. You're supposed to be a doctor. Why couldn't you cure cancer? Like, I'm sorry. I actually <laughs> totally forgot that, like, they get there. And that night, five minutes in, he just starts drinking. And he's like, no, no, no. Say it. Say what you wanted to say. He just picks a fight with his own daughter in the middle of Africa. It must have had a really fun plane ride over there. If you think about it, he spends the entire movie fighting a hangover. Yeah. Because he gets fucking wasted the night they get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's having a rough time. of it. And I have to admit, that heat, or claimed heat, is probably not great for him. Uh, I'm thinking about like Parker said he walks Chappie through surgery, and all I can think about is the same scene but an ambulance. A much better movie, by the way. Oh, hell yeah! Uh, dude. <laughs> I mean, we should add ambulance to the do it again list with Morbius. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I will watch that movie again right yeah, now. Yeah, dude, that is. I'm telling you, that's that's the dad movie. That and Crawl, uh, which I heard other people compare this to Crawl. I'm like, that's not very kind to well, Crawl. They both have animals, Chris. That's apparently. Uh, yeah. No, I, uh, I didn't think this was necessarily a bad movie, although I, I did describe to a friend as basically a waste of time. Uh, I thought, I'd, I don't know about the animal attacks. I, I do like a good animal attack movie. you spend like four and a half hours watching the long version of Apocalypse Now? Yeah, and I loved it. <laughs> no, no, not four and a half. Did you not no. love 90 minutes of it? Uh, no, not 90 minutes of it. There was only 20 minutes for the French Plantation, and I don't... I, I apologize for overestimating the length of the thing you said was the longest scene ever. Uh, no, the, I was, that was the what Redux. the Redux all of the other 90-minute movies you watched and hated? Specifically. Uh, well, I, I like... I'll tell you this. I like Beast a lot more than, uh... What do I have on here? Any of the French horror movies, which, Parker, I'd appreciate if you warned me next time not to watch Yeah, sorry, show. I really thought you'd be into them. Yeah. I know how much you love yeah. sex, crimes, and decapitations. Yeah, it pisses me off. Anyway, yeah, decapitations I would have taken, but uh, they don't even get that far. Uh, speaking of, uh, this is what, kind of one of those weird movies in which they'll show you animal attacks, but it doesn't get, like, super gory or anything. They really, like, walk that PG-13 line. And I thought that was one of the better parts of this because it's still like scary without being like, oh, geez, it could really fuck people. Like when they walk in like that that village with a whole bunch of dead people, it's not really that scary, but it's more like suspenseful. So it's less of a horror, more of a thriller, Parker. Yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. always say that. <laughs> yeah, those are your words coming from my mouth. Can we talk about the ending? And the ending, I just thought was uh, we're already at the end. Yeah, I don't. You, you want to get out of here, don't you? Yeah, Ray? kind of. Uh, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about before the ending? We can do that. No, a okay. Lot of the movie just <laughs> takes place with them walked in the car at night. Yeah, uh, big fan of a nightmare fake out. That uh, yeah, the, I killed me. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I have to admit, like, I knew it was a nightmare as soon as I saw they were both out of their, uh, out of their seats. I was like, there's no way both of them are that dumb. And, also, uh, <laughs> I believe it for a second as I'm like, I've been team kill these fucking kids. Yeah, me too, yeah. Getting out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I thought it was, I thought it was cool when Noor, the, uh, the younger one, she stabbed the, the lion right in the ass with a trank dart. I was like, hell yeah, that's actually kind of kick ass. Better than anything Idris Elba does that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> he gets mollywopped at the end. Oh my god, he gets the dog shit beat out of him. Yeah. Lion, dude. Which, to be fair, he survives better than most people would survive against a lion. <laughs> I'm just thinking of fucking chapping me like, no, everyone get out, I'll take care of the lion. And they go flying down the cliff and he blows the car up. And then five <laughs> minutes later, the lion just walks up like, hey, stop. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying, you know, the unkillable lion thing is, like, reinventing the wheel here. But, like, I really did appreciate when they're like, alright, we got a couple hours, we hit him with a trank dart, and, like, 15 minutes later, the lion is just back. Like, oh my god, his metabolism's so high. This is not like regular lions. It's like, alright, cool, you know what we're here for, movie. It's fine. We don't need to see a sleeping lion while they're like, oh my god, we can't get the car started, it's so bad. Like, that would have made this movie worse. Yeah. You Much know like what? Dragon Ball, it's just a lot of lip service. Like, weird lions don't normally do this. It must want revenge, and no, <laughs> and at some, no one's like, yep. "Wait, what the fuck did you say?" They're like, "No, he's probably right. Let's look find I more tranks." Yeah. So uh, there was one thing that didn't come back that I thought was going to come back. It was uh, when they first meet the the group of lions, the the good lions, the good guys. Uh, one of the females in the pride has an injured paw. And I and uh, Poacher did that to her. Apparently, the Poacher is a really bad shot. And I thought that was going to like come back in some way. Also, I thought like, oh, they've had a bad experience with Poachers. Maybe they're not going to have a very high opinion of other people. But they like Idris Elba, so I guess uh, they can just smell Brits. Are, are we sure they like Idris Elba, or do they just really, really fucking hate that other I think, lion? I think the movie implies that they just really hate that other lion. Which is weird, because I, I thought the other lion was, like, kind of cool. I was like, well, I kind of want more of him. He gets That was though. a pretty genius ending, honestly. Because like, after you survive a car exploding, it's like, how do we finally outwit the thing without bullets? Like, more lions. Uh, That's angrier lions yeah. protecting their queen. Yeah. <laughs> Voiced by Viola Davis. A lot of dumb a lot two, of people don't know. <laughs> two lions roll up and go, "Hey, is this guy bothering you?" And they tear it to fucking shreds. Oh, dude, <laughs> I didn't know you spoke lion too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Try to keep it to myself. Yeah. Well, uh, so much for Beast, uh, which just ends, I guess. Uh, my, my it computer. really just ends with them in the hospital, and for a moment they're pushing a gurney by the door, and I'm like. What if there's a lion on there? But it was just <laughs> that would have been really funny. A lion just walks by in a nurse's outfit. It's just that scene from Exorcist Three. <laughs> Did you like the, like the three random dream sequences? We were like, wait, what movie is this? Yeah, what I, I felt like that was like a completely different. That's the French plantation scene from the. <laughs> when do we end up on the fucking Black Panther astral plane? Yeah, we, exactly. I, I didn't know what was. He's like, oh, that was weird. Yeah, where's the water? Yeah, well. Yeah, that was a weird scene. I don't know what's going on with that. So, uh, maybe we'll see it in Beast 2. And 
that's the tea, sis. 